Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. This is Mara. Welcome to You Are Okay with Blog Talk Radio. I do apologize. Uh, I'm going to put on some quick music here and I have to blow my nose or I'm going to be sniffling in your ear the whole time. So, or ears collectively. I'm going to play Be Still Thy Soul. Um, It's a beautiful song. Breathe through your feet all the way up to the top of your head. And just think about nothing but what the words say. Just allow them to infuse your thinking. Excuse me.
Good morning. Welcome again to You Are Okay. This is Mara. I do apologize. I'm somewhat congested today. I have been for the last several weeks. Um, So I may mute the button here periodically. The glory of Be Still Thy Soul is not only that it was one of these songs that was played for firing the grid back in 2000, I think five or six, but that it has a message within it, as so many things do, and that is that all that you need is within you. Last night, someone asked me what my radio show was about, and um, I paused because if somebody would ask me what I would like to do more than anything, it would be to help people know how much God loves them just the way they are. And I tried to think of a way to say that, a way to say that we are who we are supposed to be. We are enough. We are not trash. We need to stop thinking we are trash. We need to stop allowing the pains of life to overwhelm the joys. And in thinking those thoughts, I said, I, my radio show, oh, show is about the fact that if you put out your hand for God, it will never come back empty. You don't need an intercessory or someone between you. You are enough for God to be with you all the time, and God is. Whatever you call God, and this is not something that's unique to a particular faith. It's a, it's a real story, the real deal, real-time talk. God is always there in your corner. You Most of the time when we make decisions about how we're going to act, we have, I think the cartoons depicted as having someone on the right shoulder and someone on the left shoulder because what we need to know what to do is within us and the little devil and the little angel and we make a decision. And when we make that decision, we set in course a series of actions which are reflective of what we're going to be living, obviously. And some of those times we will be teachers and some of those times we will be students. And we have this image of teachers as always being these um, sanguine, calm, carefully constructed, beautifully presented, peaceful people. And that's not always the case. Sometimes we learn from those who challenge us to our core. This last week I got a letter, uh, an email from someone that was so totally shocked me because it was so far off the mark on the true activities that had gone on that I just sat down and said, what lesson is there in this for me? How did I get in this situation? What had I done to put myself in this place? And so I was the student. The message messenger was not being his highest self, but it didn't matter. I was the student. He was the teacher. Sometimes when you're not your highest self, you are teaching someone else or giving them an opportunity to respond by being their highest self. So even our low deeds have lessons in them, not just for us, but for others on how they react. 
it's amazing the impact of words. We live in a world lately where the words, there are just too many of them. I don't know if anyone else feels that way. There's too many of them and they aren't real loving. They are not words that are designed to encapture the highest spirit in someone and impel them on, but they tend to be words that are designed to belittle and besmirch. We probably should be looking at the Beatitudes today, uh, which is such an interesting thing because in the Beatitudes, it talks about the idea that it's not the grandest, the most pious, the most connected person that goes first through the doors of heaven. Since we all go through the doors, I believe it doesn't matter, but the reality is when someone was hearing that and the fact that they wrote down and attributed this language to Jesus, let me look for it here quickly. Excuse me. There was a time in my life when I would have canceled, and I have canceled some of these programs because I'm sniffling, but um, I think it is important that we all um, accept ourselves as who we are without having to be dressed up in our perfection. Let's see what I've got here. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Think about that, the poor in spirit. Blessed are they who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure of heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. Blessed are they who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I think the bottom one is the one that so many people live by. But blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, I haven't done um, a study of that word spirit, but um, looking at it simply from Webster's, I think we all... um, think when we talk about um, spirituality, we recognize that it's some side, something inside of us. Uh, Sometimes I look about trying to figure out how to explain it, and I I just put it here online and saw spirit word ministries, so on and so forth. So um, it is the force within a person that is believed to give the body life, energy, and power. So we all, we all are God's children. All we have to do is put out our hand and take the hand of God. And God will fill that hand. So what happens for me is I'm so sad to see that people don't believe that and they have to be better. They have to uh, still the moment, get all the attention, um, be recognized as uh, more than someone else. And I question why. At the same time, they beat themselves up over um, 
mistakes that have occurred in life. They cannot get, shake them. That's what this new movie, uh, Shack, is about. Uh, I'd like to share in a little while a passage from that book, The Shack, that I think is uh, a very strong statement. But I'm going to instead share a simple story from Neil Donald Walsh first uh, that talks uh, about a little angel. And I would like, if you are able to put it into your quiver of self-condemnation, with your arrows there, you can remember this one. And hopefully forgive yourself for not having been perfect because none of us are perfect. We are only in the unity, one with each other. And when we all go home, is there perfection? So the story goes that this little angel walked up and he saw God talking to a group of angels, very sage, experienced angels who had lived all life had to live and who, who understood the importance of kindness word that's getting displaced with mean-spiritedness lately. And we raise these children, so we need to ask ourselves, what did we say or do to make this okay? And so this little angel comes running up to God, talking to this assembled group of mini-deities, people who have lived, lived a whole, beings that had lived a whole life had nothing to learn anymore, had experienced it all. And the little angel says, God, God, he's tugging on God's rope just to visualize that. And he says, God, God, I want to forgive. And God looked down at the little angel and said, little angel, there's nothing to forgive. There's nothing to forgive. You don't have to forgive. Everything is perfect here. And the little angel basically did not take to being told no very well and went off a little sulking. And his wings were down and his chin was down and he was sad because he wanted to experience the wonder of forgiveness. And as he's walking away, one very old sage, sage angel stepped out of the group and said, little angel, I'll let you forgive me. The little angel turned around, his wings lift, and he flies up in the air, and he says, oh, and, but the old angel says, there's just one thing I ask. And the little angel said, anything, anything. And he says, I ask that you remember who I am. So our teachers sometimes are those who provide us an opportunity to forgive them for what they are doing and to be our highest self. It's a challenging life we live. So sometimes we provide others that same opportunity to forgive us. None of us are perfect standing back up and putting your head straight on your shoulders, looking forward into the present and the future and continuing to be your highest self, focusing on the joys, the gratitudes of life, what you have accomplished and forgiving someone else or if you've been forgiven, embracing that person for forgiving you for not being your highest self. You, In that instance, 
you are both a teacher and a student. You've ignited conduct that made people, made someone react back to you, and then they've reacted back to you in a positive way, reaffirming kindness, seeing more in another than they are showing you. And so the shack, excuse me, Uh, if you've seen the commercial on TV, you've seen the uh, gentleman starting to run across the water, and this is at that stage. And this is when um, Jesus was asking the young man to walk on water. And I'm not going to call him Jesus. I'm going to call him God because, unfortunately, there are those who use the word Jesus to separate people who believe on some level that if you put out your hand, your hand will be taken if you believe that Jesus is the Son of God. If you don't believe that Jesus is the Son of God, then God won't take your hand. I don't believe that's the case. That's my, I, don't, I know that is not the case. It's not a question of beliefs. I know that is not the case. Because who am I to judge one person is more worthy than another in the eyes of God. God is not in this human game of judgment and hurting each other. That's man. That's human's game. Game. The desire to be the most perfect. Remember, even it was humans who passed on and wrote the words of Jesus. And they wrote them hundreds of years in some instances after Jesus had already passed. I don't know about your recall, but my recall is not so great. Uh, I sometimes have a problem recalling exactly what I said a few minutes ago, let alone uh, recalling what someone told me last week or the week before, the week before, if I didn't take notes, if I didn't put quotation marks around it. And uh, Jesus is the man who gave us the Sermon on the Mount. Love your enemies. It's easy to love those who love you. And you love back. Love your enemies. So we have God who's talking to Mac and he says, uh, he's asking him to get on the water and walk. And uh, Mac says, well, my feet get wet. Of course, water is still wet. Again, Mac looked down at water and back at God. He says, then why is this so hard for me? Tell me what you're afraid of, Mac. Well, let me see. What am I afraid of, began Mac. Well, I'm afraid of looking like an idiot. I'm afraid that you are making fun of me and I will sink like a rock. I imagine that. Exactly, God interrupted. You imagine such a powerful ability, the imagination. The power alone makes you so like us, but without wisdom, imagination is a cruel taskmaster. If I may prove my case, do you think humans were designed to live in the present or the past or the future? Well, said Max, hesitating, I think the most obvious answer is that we were designed to live in the present. Is that wrong? God chuckled. Relax, Max. This is not a test. It's a conversation. You are exactly correct, by the way. But now tell me, where do you spend most of your time in your mind, in your imagination, in the present, in the past, or in the future? 
Max thought for a moment before answering, I suppose I would have to say that I spend very little time in the present. For me, I spend a big piece in the past, but most of the rest of the time I am trying to figure out the future. Not unlike most people, when I dwell with you, I do so in the present. I live in the present, not in the past, although much can be remembered and learned by looking back. But, excuse me, only for visits, not for an extended stay. And for sure, I do not, do not dwell in the future you visualize or imagine Do you realize that your imagination of the future, which is almost always dictated by fear of some kind, rarely, if ever, pictures me there with you? Let's pause for just a moment and think about where do you see yourself in five years, in two years, in one week, and is God there with you? Is your vision a fear-driven vision or a dreamer vision? a vision of your being your highest self? Do you put impediments in the way of your vision by the yabats, the shoulda, woulda, couldas? Where are you going to be? Present with God or alone? And the fear, the dreams, the suffering come from being alone. Again, Max stopped and thought it was true. He spent a lot of time fretting and worrying about the future. And in his imaginations, it was usually pretty gloomy and depressing, if not outright horrible. And Jesus was also correct in saying that in Max's imaginations of the future, God was always absent. Why do I do that, asked Max. It is your desperate attempt to get some control over something you can't. It is impossible for you to take power over the future because it isn't even real, nor will it ever be. You try and play God, imagining the evil that you fear becoming reality, and then you try and make plans and contingencies to avoid what you fear. Yeah, that's basically what God was saying to me, responded Matt. God is in multiple characters in this story. So why do I have so much to fear in my life? Because you don't believe. You don't know that we love you. The person who lives by their fears will not find freedom in my love. I am not talking about rational fears regarding legitimate angers, but imagined fears, and especially the projection of those into the future. To the degree that those fears have a place in your life, you neither believe I am good nor know deep in your heart that I love you. You sing about it, you talk about it, but you don't know it. Mac looked down once more at the water and breathed a huge sigh of, Of the soul, I have so far to go. Don't we all, don't we all have so far to go to recognize that God is in the room with us, every room we are in, in the present, and that we do not have to tackle any situation alone, and that we can relax and let our minds release the negative things that have happened so that when we're talking to people, we talk about joyful, joyful things, not the sad situations we've relived. And if we do talk about the sad things that we've relived, talk about them painlessly, not inflicting pain on yourself or judging yourself as being less than, but instead 
seeing them as the lessons that they are that enable us to move forward. That's really been the theme of my week this week. And how did I get here? And you know what I realized, folks? It's sometimes okay to say, no, I can't do that. Because no two people share identical perceptions. And when we say that we're going to do something, we need to make really certain that we're agreeing to do what that person has asked us to do. So I went searching on the Internet. Oh, and I've got a caller here who's been on for quite a while, and I've been caught in my mind. Let me get that person. Excuse me. Um, Before I come to you, uh, be just a second. We've been searching. I went searching over the Internet to find a quote. There are quotes on love. There are quotes on everything. But a quote that says that something is happening to you, you do not need to bring yourself down with it. Whoops, the caller's gone. And um, one of the, those quotes is by Jay Cole, who's a singer. I put a lot of pressure on myself. I think somebody's not good, something's not good enough, and I won't stop until I feel like I've made it. I'm never satisfied. What pressures are you putting on yourself? One by Thoreau, Henry David Thoreau, is if we will be quiet and ready enough, we shall find compensation in every disappointment. Not by hitting ourselves with a, a whip, a tail of nine, what is it called? Nine tails or something. But instead, by just saying, what lesson is there in this for me? So right now it's 1830 four minutes left and I'd like for us to do a meditation together on your perfect self. You are enough. You are who you are meant to be. God does not create trash. God does not uh, expect all people to be the same. We are each uniquely created. You are valuable and you have a contribution So with that said, let me go to select a piece of music for us and let us meditate together. We've got a lot of time. So I'm sorry that I didn't get to that person who was on the other side. Let's sooner, let's go to fire the shore because sometimes that is what we are feeling is... We have so far to go to be that perfect being that we are never going to be because we're only perfect when we're fully reunited with all that is. So far this shore, I have a technique. I'm hopeful that we're hearing this. I have a technique for meditating that if you don't have your own already, I would suggest that you try it. It may help you. Because I can honestly say, if you can ever see that little visage there, the little image of that electric charge figure that I have on my site as my uh, picture, I don't know what those are called, 
that is how I feel when I meditate. My body literally feels electrified. And I get there by practicing this method of meditation. What I do is I take in a very deep breath first, not focusing on the breath like it's going to be the guide for my trip, my journey inward, but just taking a deep breath and clearing out the energy, breathing. So many times we forget to breathe at all. So if I take in a deep breath, And as I do, I feel these little tiny electrical charges going off through my body. And I breathe out. I'm igniting all of my body with the energy of all that is, of God. So, I'm sorry, I have a buzz going in my phone. This has been the crazy day, coughs and buzz. So the first thing I do... is I breathe as I'm breathing through the soles of my feet. A lot of people um, start breathing right at their nose, which is really close to the crown chakra, and they get caught up on focusing on holding their breath. And I'd like to teach you a method of sipping in air like you were singing in a glorious choir with God except the only people in the choir are you and God. And so pull your energy up through the soles of your feet, up the top of your calves, up your thighs, and now let them cross over this breath. Let it cross over your buttocks. And you're at your base chakra. That's where you carry your fear. It comes from the human condition, the fear of not being in control. So let's release all of that fear into the earth from whence it came. And now let's keep breathing. Just take a breath and pull that breath up, up into your sacral chakra. That zone just above your tailbone the zone of creativity where women carry babies and people, all people carry ideas and purpose and creative solutions for things which we tap down many times because we believe we're not enough. And for today you are enough and I want you to fill that space with the energy of your breath. Just open up your body to your breath And pull your breath, your fearless breath up. Now pull up creative breath, sipping in air. Let's come to the solar plexus chakra, the zone of healing. And let's work on healing ourselves of our self-judgments. Letting go of the fear that we are not enough that we are supposed to be someone other than whom we are, that we should have experienced some life experience that we didn't, or that what we have experienced is too much. We can all recount our lives, folks, 
none of us have perfect lives. Even those who seem to have had perfect lives by money standards haven't had perfect lives. A person who is calling out for attention, look at me, look at me, look at me, did not have a perfect life. Did not, because they did not have some need of being valued, met. So let's infuse that area. That color is yellow. And let's infuse that color of yellow and feel our breath become yellow, full of healing energy. And now imagine that breath coursing through your veins and moving all across your body, healing you of your self-judgments, healing you of your sense of inadequacies, helping you to know you are enough, healing you of any physical ailments. Feel the joy of that yellow energy coursing through your body. And now, as you continue to breathe, pull in fearless, creative, healing breath up to your heart. Square your shoulders and open your heart making it vulnerable. Don't clench forward and hide your heart. Embrace life. Because even when you are in situations where you are not your highest self, you're in a learning situation. And you will be able to decide what you want to do in the future so that you can avoid a similar situation. If it's painful, I am not saying to you that learning is always smooth and nice and peaceful. Sometimes it's very painful. So let's open up our arts. And I'd like you to reach out your dominant hand and take the hand of God as you know God to be by whatever name you call God, your God. Feel the energy of God coursing up your arm across your shoulders, into your heart, and feel a pillar of loving light come out of your heart. And let's direct that to the world. There is so much, so much pain and suffering that is man-inflicted in the world. Let's send the world, every capital in the world, every capital building, every leader, love and as God's energy courses through you have it go down your non-dominant hand and take the hand of another listener's God so that together we form a circle now it's the space more than you and God so in its smallest particle anywhere you go you go with God and in this circle we are joining hands with your God and another listener's God. So it's man or woman, God, man or woman, God, human God, human God, human God. Feeling that feeling. Feeling that feeling of love and creativity. 
that realization that you are valuable enough to be surrounded by God and to have God's energy coursing through you as you hold hand with God. Let us pull fearless, creative, healing, loving, God-inspired energy up and you come to your throat chakra. Ah, the toddler in all of us, our words. So seldom do we think about how our words may be perceived. And I'd like you for a moment to forgive yourself those moments when you've used words carelessly that have lived on far beyond the import you wanted them to have. Know that you are enough and that that energy that you created, let it go. And I'd like you to imagine those that you've said things to that you wished you hadn't said standing in front of you. And as you embrace them, and I encourage you to embrace them with your fearless, creative, healing, loving energy, forgive them. Just as the little angel wanted to do, forgive them and ask them to forgive you. Heal the gashing wound of ill-spoken words. We all engage in them. Now pull healing energy further up through your body, bringing your fearless, creative, healing, loving, forgiving breath up to your third eye, the zone between just above your nose and your forehead, your zone of manifestation. And now imagine the world today as you choose to live it, remembering that God is by your side at all times. You are enough. You are valuable. You are loved. A day of kindness, seeing more in others than they show you. Now pull your fearless your, now pull your fearless, creative, healing, loving, forgiving breath up manifesting breath and now as you come to the top as you're sipping imagine you're lifting a baseball cap your skull and you're opening your crown chakra and when you open it visualize a piper tubing network of love vibrant sparkling energy and join your breath with the breath of God of all that is your fearless, creative, healing, loving, forgiving, manifesting breath is now joined with all that is. Feel the pulsating energy of love of God all through you. Now breathe out and breathe out and let go of your condemning words that you've used, words that are less than happy, of any unloving feelings that you've had, love yourself. Going down of any unhealthy 
thoughts that you carry with you, of any illnesses that you have in your body. You're breathing past your chakras now. You're sending the air back into the ground from whence it came. And with it, you are purifying yourself. And I'm going to put on Be Still Thy Soul now again, the song we started with. And I'm going to have you just replicate this process using your own words, your own thoughts. Sipping in air. And remembering the light within you as we finish up today's program.
Go forth today and know that you are a source of light, that you are enough. You are not alone. You are all one with God always. Don't, don't suffer yourself by hanging on to what your imperfections are, but relish the knowledge that God loves you just as you are. Until next week, peace be with you. Namaste.